0: Hi, everybody, this is Chris with Tenant Cloud, and today we are going to be covering landlord burnout. Uh, yes, it is a real thing. Uh, it's kind of actually a real thing with any job. Um, burnout is just one of those things that you have to be careful that when you are jumping into a new role, or maybe it's even a role that you've been in for a while, but It is uh, something that you spend too much time in, or you jump in too fast, and you just keep going and going and going and get in so deep that it's pretty much all you uh, sleep and eat and drink and everything, it just consumes your entire day, and that's not healthy for anybody, so... We have a few quick tips today, uh, how to avoid landlord burnouts. And one of the best ways that you can avoid burnout is having a plan. Uh, So you might want to write that down. You want to make sure that you have a plan. Uh, You need a plan for everything. You need a financial plan. You need a business plan. You need to understand what your business strategy is. Uh, If you have not talked to a tax consultant or a real estate attorney or um, any other People who are professionals in the field that you are going to get into, um, in this case, property management or landlording, you need to make sure that you have a thorough plan. You need to know what you're getting into because mistakes in the property management industry can be extremely costly. Uh, You can ask anybody who has ever been involved in any type of uh, fair housing lawsuits or tax issues with audits uh, or issues with the city in terms of permitting and renovations and so on and so forth. There's so many different things that can go wrong in property management. It is extremely important that you do have a plan. And it's a it's a common thing to uh, especially for people who are kind of do it yourself first, to kind of just jump headfirst into something, which is great, uh, but it can also be costly. And so it's important in regard to property management specifically, that you have a plan and that you understand exactly what you are getting into and all of the rules, regulations, laws, etc., surrounding what you are about to start or are already doing. So have a plan. That helps to avoid burnout because if you do not understand what you're doing, you don't understand what you have gotten yourself into and you make mistakes, uh, you will be caught up in a lot of turmoil and that can quickly cause burnout because then not only are you trying to manage your uh, properties, your real estate empire that you are attempting to build, it, it can get out of hand quickly and then you're managing that and you're trying to uh, do damage control. And doing both of those things at the same time, they're hard enough each individually, but then doing both of them together, that's no good. So have a plan. Stick to the plan, and you you should be good to get started. Second item is don't take it to heart. Uh, again, write that down. Don't take it to heart. Uh, job burnout can cause emotional and physical fatigue, and that can lead to things like insomnia, depression, anxiety, etc. I'm not a doctor. Don't claim to be, but it's well known, very well documented that uh, job burnout can cause a lot of these things. And it can show up in very physical or emotional ways. And so don't take anything to heart. Um, issues are gonna happen in property management. Even if you do have a plan like we just talked about and everything you have everything lined up the way that it should be, there are still gonna be things that are out of your control that are going to happen. And that's the key is that you have to understand that things are out of your control and you can only do so much. You have controllables and you have uncontrollables. Controllables are things like your rent, uh, what time you show up for work, what time you close up shop. Controllables are if a computer breaks down, you can replace the computer. Those are all controllables. The uncontrollables are you can't stop your computer from breaking down. You can't stop your car from breaking down. You can't stop the electricity from going out. You can't stop a resident from damaging something on your property. I mean, those things are going to happen. And so it's just a matter of understanding that there are uncontrollables that will happen. It's just a matter of time. It's, it's, it's when it's not, if it's when, and so going into each day, understanding that stuff is going to go wrong, or it can go wrong at any time and kind of distancing yourself from that and not taking it personally or taking it to heart, which is hard to do because you're putting your, your blood, sweat, and tears into what you're doing and that's totally understandable but at the same time, you have to be able to step back and just kind of realize that, okay, this is something that's out of my control and uh, I just have to kind of roll with the punches. So number two was don't take it to heart. Number three, choose the best of the best. Why is this important? This is important on a couple of different Levels. First level is uh, you need to be able to choose the best tenants out there. And one of the best ways that you can do that is by properly screening your tenants. Not only properly screening your tenants, but also having the best uh, applicant criteria for those who would be considering applying to your rental property. Whether you manage 500 units or one or two units, it doesn't matter. If you do not Pick your tenants wisely, uh, of course, following Fair Housing and the Fair Crediting Act and all that stuff, That make sure that you're following those. But even within those, you have parameters that you can set uh, regarding choosing the best tenants that are available to you. And it will save you a lot of time and a lot of trouble um, if you select the right tenants. And so that could be anything from employment history, length of employment history, to current financial situation, whether, they qualify, whether they're making the proper income uh, for what your rents are in your area, uh, and other things like that, background screenings, and so on and so forth. You already have a lot on your plate, and it's important that the tenants that you have at your property are tenants that are the best tenants available to you. The second level is employees, if you are hiring anybody or contractors, if you are hiring anybody to do any job related to your property management company, you need to make sure that you are choosing the best of the best. Again, this goes back kind of to the don't take it to heart one uh, topic that we just talked about a second ago and making sure that you have controllables and uncontrollables. Your controllables in this situation are you can set your uh, criteria for your applicants under the guidelines of the fair housing act and the fair credit reporting act and so on and so forth and you can control who you hire to do jobs at your um at your properties whether that's your leasing agent, your assistant manager, your property manager, if you're hiring somebody to do that role for you and you're the owner of the company, whatever it may be, or if it's a contractor, any contractor, it does not matter. Those are your controllables. You want to make sure that the contractor that you're hiring is a quality contractor. Check the reviews, check the people who they gave you as referrals. If it's some, your first time doing business with them, you need to make sure that that contractor is a high quality contractor. Cheapest price? Cheapest price is usually not the best contractor. And I know that's a hard pill for some people to swallow, but in my years of experience as a property manager, many of the owners constantly wanted to go with the cheapest price. And uh, it took some negotiating and some push and some shove, but, at the end of the day, rarely was the cheapest contractor the best contractor. A few times it was, but again, it comes back to evaluating that contractor and doing your due diligence to make sure that you're hiring the best of the best. So mark that down. Number three, choose the best of the best. Number four, don't fall for every property management trend. Uh, Trends, they come and go. And Making money on your rentals is always one of the most convenient ways to receive passive income, which is why you're probably in this industry. And you can start by analyzing the latest trends in the property management industry and review and compare the average rent levels in your area. Uh, But more important than all of that is making sure that you're sticking to your defined policies regarding renting out and managing your rental properties. Don't go with every ebb and flow in the industry and that. This company's doing this, and that company's doing that. Don't get mixed up in all of that. Make sure that you have a set core um, policies and a core company statement, and um, just a a central thing that you operate around that stays consistent, regardless of what's going on around you. And once you have a core set of uh, principles and policies and operations that are kind of defined. You can start to tweak them little bit by little to constantly work towards improving them, but avoid going and just jumping on the next bandwagon for the next big thing in property management. Analyze it, see how it fits into your business operations, into your properties, and if it's a good fit, it's a good good fit. If it's not a good fit, it's not a good fit. And you can always test it and then throw it out, but it's important not to just get caught up in the momentum of what's going on in the industry. So again, number four, don't fall for every property management trend. Last but not least, number five, seek help. Your responsibilities should never lead to emotional burnout. Uh, If you feel like there are too many daily tasks for you to handle, well, then you need to do one of three things, really. Um, Any type of uh, job or role that you are uh, operating in, there's a few things that you can do. The first thing is you look for things that you can eliminate. Why? Because 80% of the things that you're doing on a day-to-day basis are typically only generating about 20% of the results that you are actually seeing or actually getting even. And 20% of the things that you're doing are actually driving about 80% of the results that you are seeing and that you are getting. And so it's important to kind of narrow down, okay, what am I doing that's wasting time, wasting resources, wasting energy, and eliminate it. The second thing that you need to do is you need to automate what can be automated. So after you've eliminated, now you look at the things, okay, what can I automate? And that's a big part where software companies like Tenant Cloud come in. A lot of the things that Tenant Cloud does is automation, whether it's setting up recurring uh, maintenance service requests along with reminders or calendar events and reminders for those or automatic notifications to tenant that their rent is past due so you don't have to worry about sending out those email notifications or whether it is a... Um, lease that is expiring, or a tenant hasn't paid their rent, and you need a notice so you know that they haven't paid rent. All of those things are automated parts of your property management role, and that's one of the thing that's things that Tenant Cloud does, and does it very well. Is automating a lot of the things that you really don't need to spend time doing because the system can do it for you. And so, eliminate. Then, what you can't eliminate, you need to automate it. And then, the third step, delegate. And this is often the hardest part for a lot of people to wrap their heads around is delegating responsibilities because oftentimes you are so personally invested in what you're doing. You are personally invested in the company that you've built or the role that you are in and nobody is ever going to do it necessarily with the same level of energy or the same heart that you are putting into Whatever that task is. But at the end of the day, you have to learn how to delegate responsibilities that are part of that 80% that are not generating results. You need to focus on the things that you do really, really well, but that also are driving the results. Because otherwise, what's the point of you focusing on those things when you can pass it on to somebody else? And so, learning how to delegate and really You really have to be able to learn how to do that. And so there's all kinds of resources out there for how to let go of responsibilities, how to train people, um, how to take over your responsibilities to kind of duplicate yourself within other people, Um, but at the end of the day, it must be done because you need to be able to focus on the things that are really gonna drive your business to the next level and really help you to get your time back and to have resources to do the things that are actually really important. And so again, those are the five things. The last thing was seek help. Uh, If you didn't write those down, don't worry. You can find this on a blog. We wrote a blog for you at uh, tenantcloud.com forward slash blog and just go to the article titled How to Avoid Landlord Burnout. And we have all of this on there. And if you have any questions or comments, feel free to post on the landlord blog. And we would love to engage with you on there. And anything that you have as far as tips that you have discovered over the years or things that you do to accomplish these five things, or if there's other ways that you avoid landlord burnout, we'd love to hear your feedback. And until next time, this is Chris with Tenet Cloud. Thanks for listening. We'll see you later.